if you're up for a bit of practical experimentation, give this a go. Hold your finger out in front of your face, fix your gaze on the tip and then shake your head from side to side or nodding up and down. Without you having to think about it, your eyes stay locked on their target by precisely matching the movements of your head. But for some people, maintaining a steady gaze like that is impossible because their eyes rhythmically drift off. Luckily, a British team of doctors and eye surgeons have come up with a solution based on an implantable pair of magnets. Chris Smith spoke to Parashkev Natchev from University College London. So we've created a device for patients who have a condition called nystagmus. Nystagmus uh, is associated with wobbliness of the eyes, I suppose, is the most natural way of describing it. Instead of being able to focus gaze on a specific point in space, the eyes instead move either side to side or maybe up and down, making the picture incredibly unsteady. And inevitably, it interferes with the way they're able to use their eyes. Why do people get it? So this is one of the unknowns of this condition. As you might imagine, controlling the eyes... They have to be very fast, they have to be very accurate, and of course they're on on the move all the time. So uh, there is a huge amount of neural circuitry that is brought to bear on the actual process of moving the eyes. And if we disrupt those pathways, for example strokes or tumours or inflammation of the brain, the result is that the eyes tend to wobble. And the device that you've created to tackle the condition, tell us about that. The idea here is to find a good way of reducing the wobbliness without completely immobilizing the eyes. Now, we can't simply put in a small stitch that restricts the eyes very gently because if there's direct mechanical restriction of the eye, the result is that the body reacts against it, producing a scarring reaction that freezes the eyeball in the socket. So instead, what we need to do is to be able to transmit force at a distance so that we can introduce a degree of damping without a direct connection. And the only way we can do that is with magnets. So what our device does, supply a means of delivering a magnetic force onto the eyeball. Put simply then, is there a magnet stuck to the bottom of someone's eyeball and a magnet stuck to the bottom of their eye socket? And the interaction between those two magnets means you can then exert a force on the movement of the eyeball. Exactly right. Now, we can't simply put a magnet in there because rare earth magnets, which is what we need to use because they're especially powerful, react with the body, so they're encased in titanium. We also need to ensure that the gap between the two parts remains open. And this is where the skill of the surgeon is immensely important. And what they did was to insert the eye part of the device inside a a piece of slippery tissue that's normally a part of the uh, muscle that attaches to the eye. And that means there's always a layer of lubrication between the two parts. And the force that the magnets exert means that it's much harder for the eye to just wobble off target. But when the person actually wants to make a movement with their muscles directing the eye to a new target, they can overcome the force of the magnet so they can look at something easily. Yes, the forces involved in making a rapid eye movement, which is what we normally do uh, when we shift our gaze around the visual scene, are far greater than the forces involved in the wobbliness that is seen in the stagmas. And that disparity, that gap in the necessary force, means that a magnet that is strong enough to 
damp, the uh, wobbliness is not strong enough to prevent the ice from moving. And this works in patients? Well, so far we have only tried it in one patient. This is still early days, but it is encouraging that from his perspective, the wobbliness of the visual scene was much less pronounced than previously. And in practical terms, uh, his uh, life in general improved to some degree. He was unable to work before, and then after the procedure, he was able to get back to work. And how long post-surgery is that person now? It's now uh, nearly five years. We waited a long time before we published the data because it was so important that we give time to check that there are no uh, complications to the procedure, in particular what we were worried about, that the body would react and, and cause fibrosis that would eventually fuse the eyeball. But no such change has occurred, and that is very encouraging. And there's been no evidence that the the brain or the nervous system has fought back against you and sought to learn to surmount the effect of the magnet so that you then get the condition back again. Yes, so this is an incredibly interesting question. How is it that the nervous system itself responds to attempts to change the way in which it's operating? And of course, the nervous system is by its very nature adaptive. It, It reacts to the outside world. That's how our brains work. And that actually is an unanswered question. In in our specific patient, there didn't appear to be such a reaction, or at least not a reaction that the magnet couldn't overcome. Uh, but that is nonetheless something that we need to worry about, and it will be something that we'll be considering as we perform uh, the procedure on more patients. UCL neurologist Parashkev Natchev, talking about his attractive answer to the problem of abnormal eye movements which has just been published in the journal Ophthalmology.